guys, welcome, 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 welcome to another podcast here with your favorite Joe. My name is Sandra Tete and Abubakar Sanusi. Yes. So guys, today we have a very interesting topic for you guys. Let me just inform you right now that this podcast is expected to be bumpy and I'd so, advise you guys to to just fasten your seatbelts. Yes. Fasten your seatbelt, guys. <laughs> so Sandra, what do we have on the table today? So today we'll be talking about precarity and we'll be focusing more on labor, precarity labor, precarious labor. Precarious labor, yeah. Yes, and we'll also be talking about wages against housework for housewives. Wages against war. Yes. By a very unique personality. Yes. From the 70s. Yes. And I can't wait to actually talk about that topic with you because Abu Bakr said something. He said a wife, in his words, is referred to a reward that you give to yourself. Is I'm it like, not? How? What? Is it what? <laughs> Anyways, this is where I get to come in because I can't, I can't wait for us to talk about that. But um, before we do, what is precarity? What does it mean? So, precarity is a state of uncertainty, something that is unsure, unstable, something which is on the verge of collapsing. Precarity summarizes the insecurity generated by living through perpetual instability. So, when we say um, precarious works, we're referring to any type of labor which is poorly paid, unprotected, and insecure. That reminds me of Nigeria in general. I mean, we, I haven't even <laughs> finished. Fam, you need to chill because this topic is really very interesting to me. I, I found every single thing I, I, I came across was like, wow, <laughs> it was mind blowing. So um, when we say precarious works, um, basically we refer to labor, which you have zero hours contracts. You don't, you have short term contracts and um there's no security so it's been tied down to you have no alternative you just have to work to survive the society tells you you have to make a living live within your means live within your means you have to survive you it's have to a popular pay your phrase bills. in nigerian twitter today <laughs> yeah really i haven't been on twitter today so when we're being told that i feel like a lot of us fall into self some sort of responsibility i need to provide i need to pay my bills i need to take care of myself and we might just slip into precarious work without us even knowing. But that's why we're here today to um, educate you guys more. About this. About this. Yeah, and how you can, let's say, find solutions to these problems, whether it means leaving your comfort zone, going somewhere else where it's more comfortable. Yeah, sure. So um, you mentioned Nigeria, but I was going to start with the West here because yeah. it is also a growing trend throughout the Western world. Just before we jump, because we're always going to Nigeria, fam. We need to, <laughs> we need to <laughs> no, give our country it's a, a it's break. It's the closest, let's say, it's the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to some of these, let's say, issues. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. So, um, but here in the UK, it is, it is very... Um, it's bad. Pretty much, yeah, it's really, really bad. I really must bad. say, yes. Mm. Um, people who are the risk of um, precarious work in the Western world are migrants. Mm. People who have the modest level of education, basic knowledge of English or um, IT. Are the experts mostly? Uh, yes, <laughs> don't put it that way. And women, of course, you know. 
Um, so yeah, that is it basically. So we, I was talk, we were talking something before we came um, live, and we were, we were I was asking you about the Uber thing. I told you how most of the guys who drive me are um, either a Pakistani, it, Somali, yeah, exactly. Let's say Indian. Yes. Or let's say Middle Eastern. Yes, uh, and I I didn't really have enough time to research more about if um, being an Uber driver does that give you some form of job security. Are you secured or are you just working for yourself so okay. well what you need to look is um when you're a migrant mm-hmm. let's say or let's say you're a person that just moved into let's say a new country you work twice as hard as the citizens, the citizens. yeah you work twice as hard that is a given wherever you go yeah so most of these uh, uber drivers they already have jobs that they do but they just use Uber as, you know, like an extra, mm-hmm. an extra, let's say, income. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And with migrant workers, they work several jobs. If not working several jobs, they work immense hours yeah. weekly. Yeah. So I can't really use myself as an example because I haven't worked here. I have zero work experience in the UK. But I do have a friend and then she told me she's doing about three jobs. And I said to her, aren't you entitled to just 20 hours a week? And she said, yes. And that's because they're paying me cash and they're not paying me the regular rate. So she's shortchanging herself. So she's accepting a job that if she was supposed to be earning 10 pounds i think it's nine pounds not nine pounds she's getting about six seven pounds and she's fine with it because she just really needs to work and make the money so is she working for experience or she needs the money um i would say both both yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd say both yeah but more grease to her elbows yeah it's not an easy thing to do at all it's not like shout out to everyone who is working hard to make a living for themselves you have to do two two three jobs at the same time like a round of applause for you guys yeah absolutely you guys deserve it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um it's not easy and sylvia yeah she always uh cites the 2008 financial crisis okay and she said that in spain when the crisis hit in yeah. spain she told us a story about of her a, friend her best friend who, who ends oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I, I found her story like i was like are you lying to us and Sylvia said i'm gonna call him on the phone so guys what he's about to say it is the truth nothing but the honest truth yeah she, he earns a hundred euros a month. A month. A month. A month. Sandra, you spend a hundred equivalent of a hundred euros every day. Like guys, just how can you end that in a month? And he died he has a nine to five job. Um so he's not not like he has a nine to five job, yeah. I yeah. just I, I, how can I spend hundred euros a day? No feels <laughs> like don't guys, no. <laughs> no, Sandra but, I mean, you're a madam. But ugh, right. <laughs> but how can you you live it just imagine leaving on that for a month it's just it's insane it's, it's ludicrous yeah i mean think. yeah uh, i can't uh well, so you see this thing has the financial crisis has really hit let's say 
let's say the western world hard yeah it has it has with um, with, uh, migration crisis people are moving and you know so it's a big it's a big issue it is um so i want to talk about the creative industry um we find precarious work also taking place in the creative industry um the idea of creative labor has a strong popular appeal it's like it's promising like um fulfilling a marriage of art or work like if you're in, in the creative industry they tell you you have to have work experience um so you need to be in a radio station you need to people need to know people need to know what you've done they need to see you and be like okay you've done this and done that yeah as a result we tend to go into um being intense or working just for just because i i love my job and i want to earn a living out of it it's fine but i really love my job and i want to get an experience in it so that is what is being sold to us as creative um artists so um i mean both of us and the creative industry as well as um communication students we are because i know you like radio and you like podcasts so yeah i mean i'm gonna ask you before i say my <laughs> talk about my own experience so have you been faced with that kind of a, um, a situation where you have to, for the love of it, it's all this for the love of it. You love it, right? So then you have to um, work. Well, I'd say passion is, uh, let's say, a flame, but it's not an eternal flame. Okay. There are times when, yeah, you're passionate about something, but what keeps that passion going is if there is a reward that comes with it. Okay. So I might be passionate about, let's say, media. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, during my time in Dubai, I did work in one particular uh, media company. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I started off, you know, like the passion was there. I was mm-hmm. there, but I started getting overworked. And I don't know, I just lost the passion for it. And You that, lost the passion for yeah, it? I lost the passion for it briefly. Why because did you lose the passion? But it's a passion. No, because just... there was no reward for it. Oh, okay. So there was no reward coming in, but when I switched to a radio station, okay, I wasn't paid because I was a trainee at the time during mm-hmm. that time. But I was getting something from there. I was being taught many things because they were professional people. So absolutely, that is where you find it. That is you in taking part in precarious work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you just said. Um, you loved it. I loved it, and I said I'm rewarded by having getting connections with a lot of people. Yeah, so that is very predominant in the creative industry. Mm. I mean, George, Julian, and Pricey did carry out an interview with about eighty people, and um, we have completed um post school courses and creative skills, mostly from working class and minority, and it was concluded just. Almost the same thing that we just had there, that most creative aspirants have accepted that their chosen feeds are inherently precarious. So let me talk about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've always loved the idea of working in a radio station or seeing myself in front of a TV. And I remember at different points in my life, I had to go and do this internship in various places. First internship that I had, maybe I'll say second, after um, university, I wasn't being paid. I was told to go out to get news, gather information. And I did that for a couple of months because I was I just moved into the States. So I was doing that for a very long time and I wasn't paid. What's going on, mister? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, you could literally see that I was 
the amount of work that I was putting in was almost the same thing that um other people who were employed were putting in as well. But I wasn't even given a dime. I wasn't given twenty naira. Like I'm sorry, I'm I'm saying naira. Like even ten pence or pounds or nothing. I just did it for the love of it, for the fact that I wanted to gain this experience. And when I moved on and I left, and um, then I relocated and I went somewhere else. I went back again to the tele- I went to a television this time around and I continued and that was one point in my life that I said to myself if my if this is what it is because I would never want to work in the bank but I say if being the fact that I love to be on TV or I like radio doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to have something that is secure or something that I would pay my bills. So I was just there. I wasn't getting money. I remember one day my uh, MD came in and she was just shouting at me because I traveled briefly to see my folks. And she was like, um, you just abandoned your show for two weeks. What do you think would do it for you? And she was shouting at me and whatnot. And I said to myself, you're not even... I'm not even fully employed here. I'm just doing the job for the love of it. And you were shouting at me. I mean, they, they did take advantage of me. I would say it was, it was. So you felt exploited. Yeah, I was. I felt really exploited because <laughs> they would keep me literally from nine a.m. to like seven till the day is over, and all for me was, oh, I love this thing. I want to do it. I want to do it to get an, an experience. I want to do it. Move on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing is, what we see here is that we have an overflow of graduates like i yeah. always say a degree a university degree is now an equivalent of a secondary school degree in the past i mean too many people have it so what Absolutely. we yeah what we see is an overflow of let's say graduates in the market and because of this most let's say people especially in our field are mostly freelancers yeah we're mostly freelancers. I mean, yeah. I mean, I do freelance. Every, I mean, we had some girl in the office as well. Then we would always come in. I thought she was so brilliant, but she was so underpaid. She was underpaid and, oh, I don't even want to call her. I mean, she was, the, the way paying her, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, of course. And she was freelancing, freelance jumping from one place to another, yeah. earning a living. So we, that's the passion. We do what we do for different let's say companies yes. or different agencies. Yes. But to get that permanent job, you need to be exceptional. And most importantly, you need to know someone. <laughs> it's the case everywhere. It's the case everywhere. I mean, you need to know did someone. you say it's the case everywhere? It's the case everywhere. Every, are you talking but about Africa? Are you talking not about? Africa. It's <laughs> everywhere. You can ask anyone from any, from any country in the world. Really? Yeah. They will tell you the same thing. Okay. So what I don't have here is I remember one um, slide that Stevia put up in class that talked about um, we want an artist. It was it was one of the supermarket, high brand supermarket um advert do you remember because we had to talk about it in class mm. and then they said they wanted an artist and then they said this will help you boost your this this will help you and when we we're done reading oh i, I don't know why we don't have it it was Sainsbury's. for Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. Yes. Yeah. Sainsbury's. and we were like what this is like a free job <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, and, okay. and oh my god you're doing all this uh huge labor work for what yeah they make you feel like this is a stepping stone to the big next the next big thing that you want in your life it is not it is not <laughs> trust me it is not but, you just end up frustrating yourself. Yes, if real. you want my skills, you have to give me the dough. Yes, <laughs> you have to give me the dollar. <laughs> you and dollar. I don't know what's wrong with you. And so I'm just obsessed. So-
So um, we also have um, multinational companies that are a major driving force behind the expansion of precarious works in our society. Um, instead of them employing workers directly, they are simply avoiding obligations and using shortcuts to get this done. Um, so this, you can see this a lot in Nigeria. Um, I mean, I have friends who are in Lagos, Lagos, Nigeria, so I could tell. I have a friend who got uh, employed as a... Um, bank customer care service so she has to handle calls and she got the job through an agency okay so i'm just gonna call how much she was being how much she was being paid so it was um seventy thousand naira, which is just a little bit above 100 pounds maybe 100 and something ouch <laughs> 100 and something pounds and i said to her there's no way that um that bank i'm not gonna call the name of the bank but there's no way that they would be paying workers that way but at the time i didn't know that that was that is like precarious work you know right now thanks for knowledge i do know and i'm going to say to her no way this is what this bank is doing they are just making you not not making you not to be entitled to company benefits so now they you don't have you're not under health insurance they don't have anything to connecting you to them yeah exactly. so they pay Thanks. you through an agency mm. and you and your salary and you go you do not belong to any trade you know you do not belong to there's nothing. no responsibility and on you there are so many of them in lagos you have to go to this agency they'll tell you we'll take your salary for the first one month then the next month you'll pay you and then your employer pays the agency and then you get your salary to the agency this way is multinational companies are helping in the inspiration of precarious works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and it's a way of cutting labor costs. Yes, exactly. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Cheap labor. And thanks to Sylvia's work, yeah, I needed to correct you on that one. Thanks to Sylvia's knowledge. The knowledge yeah. from oh, Sylvia. Yes. Impacted <laughs> on us from Yeah, <laughs> Sylvia's knowledge. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, we now know yeah like uh how people let's say multinational corporations yeah try to exploit, exploit us yes i mean we, they show us that okay you know like we can't really pay you this yes. much this is what we can give you because they know mm-hmm. that you are desperate because there's a desperation yeah, the, there. because of unemployment mm-hmm. you need society, something to you do need to something survive. to do you need to put food on the table terrible yeah so some, you, some people you, have families yeah and you know you know what's very interesting because one time she was telling me that her manager as well was earning um something about like she called the money and i was like that's ridiculous like how can you be a manager and that's what you're getting a month as a paycheck there's no way that you call yourself um a staff of that bank and you'd go home with that so whether you're a manager you're on top i mean we all are taking part in this we are letting this company and this precarious work like become a part of us which is just totally unacceptable i mean i would think um when i read about let's say things let's say in the 20th century for example there was a time when one household one income was enough mm-hmm. for a, a household i mean the father would go out the mother didn't need to work the father would go get the job and then that's it everyone is happy but now one income is not enough it's just that not enough even for us i'm you know? staring at you because i'm like <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait for the next topic because I'm like, hmm, okay. Okay. But no. I get your point. Yeah, I do. I do get your point. I mean, society is changing. The more bills to be paid. Um, more bills to be paid, more yeah. things to do. Yeah. More things to buy. Yeah. Wow. So, 
um, in summary, precarious work I feel is bad for all workers. It's bad for you. It's bad for myself. And um, this, this, it kind of like it widens the gap between the rich and the poor. If we continue to partake in this art, that's what will happen. That's what's happening already. It is. It is. And it's a sad reality that it's we live really in. It's a really sad reality that we live in. It's just so sad. All right, then. So right now, we will be going on a break, Sandra. Yeah. And when we come back, I'll be introducing to you guys uh, something... Very interesting as well. About work. <laughs> <laughs> about work and, let's say, wages. Yes. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
and welcome back everyone and i ain't your mama but you're my wife no doesn't mean that doesn't mean <laughs> i'm your mama oh it was a mistake a huge mistake getting that song on air but well it, it was a bridge to the next topic that we're going to talk about yeah I so think like we said there's this book that was written by sylvia federici sylvia yes are all the sylvia's brilliant i know when i read the book i felt like sylvia could have written this book herself exactly because the way she explained <laughs> and it, i read the so book in passion. sylvia's voice <laughs> <laughs> i did like this is love like i can imagine sylvia <laughs> uh, so silver sylvia federici i can say that name all day Federici. Federici. So, so she is an activist who has always worked in the field of feminism and gender studies and she is she recognizes herself as a Marxist feminist and precisely and precisely in the document of the foundation of the New York Committee of the International Women's uh collective International Women's Collective. So her and her colleagues described themselves as follows and i quote we identify ourselves as marxist feminists and we take this to indicate a new definition of class whose old de- definition has limited the scope and effectiveness of the traditional left and the new left this new definition is based on the subordination of the worker without work to the hired worker behind which is hidden the productivity that is the exploitation of the work of women in the house and the cause of their more intense exploitation outside of it so such class analysis presumes a new era of struggle this subversion not only of the factory and the office but of the community so cool yeah. just before you analyze that fun fact about Sylvia she um she taught in Africa for so many years and which in country Nigeria to be precise and which state in my university University of Potaka that was so good to see and that was really good when I found that I was like whoa she taught in my school my alumni oh my goodness <laughs> yes fun she, fact about her she taught in that yeah she taught in Nigeria oh nice yes. so in 1975 she came up she wrote this book wage against work so this book deals with the issue of domestic work analyzing it as a consequence of capitalism and as women's oppression since when Absolutely. is being a housewife uh, oppressive we are waiting to you for you to go deep right <laughs> then you will go into that said why and how and then you, i'm it, sure you'd agree with me this is a very interesting topic it I, is it, it is, is really actually very interesting. so yeah. let's look at it the book was written during a crucial time in let's say for feminism and feminist organizations yeah it is a period of feminism movement that demands equality between the man and the woman uh to guarantee equal rights women identify sexual and biological differences as the basis of discrimination that are then dealt with social and cultural differences no so doubt. your physical nature let's say is used to let's say judge you socially and culturally yes it it's used to place you in society yeah basically. so because 
I'm woman. Um, I fall under the category where you see me as oh, I'm good. For, I'm good to be a midwife. I'm good to be a nurse. I'm good to be a caretaker. <laughs> we are yes. That's 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 how people. That's how you guys look at us. You look at a woman and you say to her, oh, don't yeah, don't she, women uh, mostly go for caretaker or let's say professions more than men. Don't but that's because society has made it that way. Don't do you think? Not really. We, society we, has made it that way. You just give her to a female child, and then she's like, "I want to be a caretaker. I want to take care of people." No, when women that's are what allowed, was trying to when say. women are allowed to choose, they do choose more. Let's say care taking. No, Abubakar, hell no. Yeah, ex- who so says women cannot be doctors? Nobody says. I would say they a can't man be cannot be a nurse. Men are nurses, yes. but not as many so, men in uh, the nursing profession than uh, women. Than women, exactly, because women have been seen as the caretakers, come and take care of us, take care of our bodies. Like you said, a wife for you is a reward. Not for me. You give yourself people say for financial security. So you work as a man, and then you say to yourself, you know what? I need a woman in my no, life, in my house, to take me, care you- of my house, to clean my house for me. That is what you said, and I'm like, what? No, you asked the question that why I, is it that men only marry when they have financial security? Then mm-hmm. I said, well, to some, it's a way of, you know. To like, some, I work, I could see on that. Yeah. But moving on. All right. <laughs> so back to wages against war. So the text continues to highlight the difference between domestic work and the real work, the men's work, as yeah. they say. So the economic differences, uh, the denial of women's capital is one of mm-hmm. them, which leads her to be, you know, like subjected entirely economically by her man and the physical differences that led to this situation. In fact, women become subject to to a composite image according to which her real charge is to stay at home, do housework and serve her man. This because this 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 is because of a natural necessity that leads the woman to want to be a housewife or to want a housewife's life more than anything in the world, as if it were a natural attribute of you know you guys, let's say female physique and personality, as if it's an internal need and aspiration, supposedly coming from the depths of the female character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's made to seem like that. Women are ambitious. Women sure. have goals. Mm-hmm. Women want to achieve their goals. Yes. But to me, she is making sense. But in a way, yeah, I strongly agree with Federici's. Um, a, a little too far. That because they are, they are still women. Labor should be considered as part of workforce. Yeah, and yeah, but we should still. be able to organize for better conditions and. Um, yeah, we should be able to organize for better conditions. Domestic labor is labor, and I think it should be considered by everyone. And as such, we should be compensated. We should be compensated. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a bit too hot, as we said. I hope you I guys know, have your seatbelts on. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we just got to that point where yeah. you are lucky things to me. Yeah, so this, com- this composite image is denounced by Federici herself. Uh, who uses the request of wage to make it clear that women are doing a work imposed on them and that they are not that and they do not form let's say a natural need so this ideal is also found in by another scholar called betty freeman in her book 
the feminine mystique. So according to which, you know, the woman is not even allowed to make an identity because the man will allow her to get rid of this search, giving her the opportunity to be a mother and a wife. Women are therefore victims of a corrupt system of values that forces them to live the search of their identity, identity. only through their children and their husbands the money <laughs> the money that request absolutely <laughs> i can i cannot quite collapse with my husband because i'm not gonna get you to put it yeah, right thank you very much for doing that Woo. <laughs> i am loving this topic <laughs> Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. I Why did I choose this topic? topic. Anyways. <laughs> but I would add and say that... Wait. <laughs> Andre. Guys, he's telling me Sandra Tulebe. Yeah, so you see, the money request and the, the money and the request of a wage becomes a way to match the two jobs together. So then, let's say, follows a comparison according to which how a man is obligated to adapt to any work even one that he doesn't like to bring home money and to keep his wife and his children happy let's say in the same way a woman who does not like to be a housewife must receive a wage for doing so yeah she must because when it, it, it to me i just feel like when you wake when you when you get married it feels like you just wake up and you have this um, amount of work that awaits you which is enormous it's just right before you you have dishes you have to take care of him you have to see if his um socks as well if his style is okay you have to do laundry for him like we've said it all that that exactly is what i feel women should be paid for um um According to um, Federation, she said many of us still have this illusion that we marry for love. A lot of us recognize that we marry for money and security. But it's time to make it clear that while the love or money involved is very little, we have so much housework that awaits us. And that is just so very evident. It's so very clear. I still hold the opinion that any work that you can do in your pajamas is not real work. Really? You think so? Yeah, absolutely. You, have you seen my pajamas? How, have you seen okay, what they you, look when, like? When you clean your house, how long does it take you? When I clean my personal house, it takes forever. For, <laughs> let, let's, let's bring this down. So, um, I, one time I had... Okay, I was in a relationship with some guy and I had to travel and be with him for a while. And because he goes to, he goes to work and I wasn't because I was cleaning at the time. And so I was in the house. He wakes up at like 6, 7 a.m. in the morning. And I somehow found, this was like many years ago. So I somehow found myself waking up at that time, trying to be like, oh, what do you want breakfast? What do you want to eat? I must tell you, it's really a lot. And when he leaves, you literally have to like take care of everywhere and think of what he'll do when he comes back. Like, it was, that's just too much. Mm. There's a line between love and um, housework. Where do we draw the line? Where, where do I get paid for, you know what, for doing this? I deserve to be paid. And then Jennifer Lopez said it. Yeah, she said it all. That I, was just I, an I absolute brilliant song. I ain't gonna be cooking song. all day. I ain't your mama. She also said, we used to be crazy in love. So when did you get too comfortable? When did you get too comfortable? Yeah. I think we're raising boys in that way already. We're raising them to feel like they're providers. They have to provide. 
and well, then the women just have to be receivers they just have to receive recipients of that providing and then that that's, that's what society is sort of like creating well in nigeria there's a different uh there are many different tribes and you know but when you look at the guari tribe guari tribe is the women that go to farm mm-hmm. it's the women that do most of the manual labor most of the men just you know like sit at home don't really do much <laughs> it's the women that do that and we we now see like a contrast between let's say let's say my society which is a house society mm-hmm. to let's say the Gwari society to your society as an ijaw girl so i guess um mm. women can do that but women do the like, manual labor mm-hmm. but they're not the protectors okay they're not the protectors of the society it's okay. still the men that do that i have a question for you mm-hmm. so if your girlfriend wants to come visit you and spend the time with you well um, i don't have a girlfriend okay no. ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no gentle ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. <laughs> i like to say yeah so if you're listening i hope a doesn't have a girlfriend yeah so i can't relate to the whole girl coming to my place and oh really <laughs> <laughs> so you are like throwing my question back to me <laughs> yeah of course uh-huh, but hypothetically but, speaking, yes, yeah. Okay, so let's just look at it this way. So if, if I'm a married man, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're a married man, that sounds mm-hmm. really serious. If you're a married man and your wife wakes up in the morning and she doesn't do anything, she just wakes up and picks up her laptop and dresses up and off she goes to work. Mm-hmm. How would you take that? What What are your expectations when you become married from your wife? expectations from uh, my wife yeah we're listening is that she should fulfill her duties as a wife i'll fulfill my duties as a husband and when we talk about duties what are you referring to don't really know I don't really know i like to answer because i was waiting to hear what you have to say yeah because when you meet them you have to let's say strike a deal between you and your partner who's responsible for what yeah yeah um, and what will i do what will you do mm-hmm. who leaves home earlier then who yeah. does this but they're natural things this is why Federici says it's fine those natural things that we women have been um given like oh you have to take care of the front home front it, it's fine we're not denying that we're not denying that what we're saying is that we should be paid paid for doing housework for by doing housework by who we, society should pay us I think it should I think many should take it upon themselves and say you know what if you're a housewife we're going to give you the setting minimum your minimum wage that is what I think should be done if what let me tell you one thing that one of our scholars said I think is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim uh, I can't really uh, recall his last name but he urged one of his uh, Ramadan sermons he urged that men please if not anything please put your wives on a salary because he said that taking care of the kids and the house is not an easy thing i had yeah you <laughs> might let's say you might come home with you know like let's say the food stuff or you know the gifts and whatnot mm-hmm. but he said like give your women some things for them to spend on themselves if they're housewives yeah i had a conversation with a friend and i think that's what he said he was like oh yeah so i'm gonna pay my wife every month like um for taking care of the house front i'm like okay yeah but the problem i have with that is that that means it's uh there's no unconditional love it's conditional now 
I won't be your wife unless you. That's give why me we salary. have to draw the line. We need to know. <laughs> I, I still love you regardless. Yes, regardless. Re- regardless, but I mean, you, but I, it's standard. I have to be paid for that. Mm. But to, to, <laughs> <laughs> guys, you need to see Abu Bakr's face. He's like, mm. <laughs> you won't feel love. <laughs> so this is why, because of this, is uh, Federici attributes and blames this on capitalism. He says an econ- economic social system that recognizes as as work only that it it's repaid with money without giving any value to what is not paid. It is important to recognize that when we seek when we speak of let's say housework, we are not speaking of a job like other jobs, but we are speaking of one of the most pre- pervasive manipulations most subtle and mystified forms of violence that capitalism has perpetrated against any section of the working class in this way the woman is the one who must be in the service of her husband the one who really works and therefore has reason to be tired while she after spending a day doing housewife stuff has no excuse for not being able to smile <sighs> well he has a point mm-hmm. he has a point you know like um some men some men they say that you know you as a woman you should be grateful that you don't even have to do anything that i am here providing for you so why are you complaining absolutely rubbish talk you're rubbish look and that's that's why she calls it rubbish talk yeah <laughs> rubbish yeah. that is exactly what it is so for federici to demand for wages for her work doesn't necessarily mean to say that if we are being paid we will continue to do it it means the opposite it means um we want money for her work as a first step towards refusing to do it because the demand for a wage makes our work visible mm-hmm. yeah but so we were just so it's sort of saying there we won't do it. We don't want to do it. That's what we're demanding this money. Mm. So that's the basis of Federici's wages against housework. So to conclude what Federici said, yes. you know, like we can, let's say, say that uh, we cannot deny what she's saying. I can't deny what she's saying. She has really strong points. Yes. Yeah, she has written really well. But however, uh, raw and let's say undelicate it is, if that is even a word, undelicate, Let's say she tells of a situation that is still present till today and somehow needs change or maybe let's say a reform. Yeah, a reform. We need to revolt against yeah, it. Yes. Not revolt. <laughs> <laughs> not revolt against it. But let's change it. Let's not put ourselves in a position where, okay, now nobody should be responsible for the house and whatnot. She wants everyone to be responsible she wants you to be responsible she wants me to be responsible of course for the home front. of course and not men just can it be for responsible us. not just leaving it leaving it for the woman to do everything because you just expect expectations you said when you married you expect your wife to take care of the home wake up in the morning and do certain things certain duties that's that's what Federici is saying no but what if the woman wants to do that which is fine I, I don't have any um it's you have to get my point really clear on this i see no there's really no um i am not contending it. i'm not saying that oh if you want to do it then you shouldn't do it it's fine but we need to draw the line 
are we doing it for love or we're just doing it because we feel like we should do it it's our responsibility Who, who's giving us those responsibilities who said it's our it's us to do it mm, there's a song one particular beautiful song by a man called james brown have you heard of the song it's a man's 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 world okay i'm sorry this program <laughs> is rated 18 plus <laughs> Oh my goodness, you have not heard a song that song before? I think it's a I man's have. man's world. You haven't heard of it, Sandra? I have. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. It's a it's a very popular song amongst many people. And what he's one of the things he says in this song, he said that you see man made the cars to take us over the road. Man made the train to carry the heavy load. Man made the electric light to take us out of the dark. Man made a boat for the water like Noah made. Yeah, and that is why men are able to accept our services and take pleasure in them because <laughs> they presume that housework is easy for us. Yeah, it's a man. That is according to Federici. It's a man's world. You think that we enjoy because we're no, doing it for a lot. What you need to understand is, is a man. Yeah, like I said, like I keep saying, it's a man's world, but it would be nothing without you guys. Yeah, so you guys, you you're, guys, you're are marrying the, us. Yeah, you guys so are the joy us an of our to lives. Express ourselves as women. Oh, yeah, you guys yeah. are the joy of our lives. Yeah, so you go like you're so, so you're so lucky you found me. Yeah, of course. I made you a woman. Fuck you, sir. So. Everyone, this was has been a very entertaining podcast. It has. Today. I can't believe it's almost fifty minutes. It's time to go. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. So, so Sandra, you guys have now experienced Sandra in her natural habitat. Mm, yes. So mm. if you're wondering, like, oh, like Sandra is a feminist, obviously, it's very obvious mm. right now. <laughs> so if you still want to learn more about cruel optimism and war wage against work, we will leave some of our sources in the description you can yeah, go check them out yourself would have um Sylvia Federici's um book oh, yeah, yeah of course she, which is a brilliant right. read ladies and ladies, it's also it available so we we all ladies should read it I'm speaking I'm talking to the ladies right now mm-hmm. it's a brilliant read please do read it I'll drop the link yes we'll drop the link for you guys gentlemen we're in trouble gentle <laughs> ladies <laughs> <laughs> all right then so this is the end from me, Abu Bakr. And Sandra. Thank you guys so much for listening. So we'll see, see you, you next time on yeah. the next podcast in our Good Life series. Yeah, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.